you need a guiding light, don't you? Maybe a direction or a pathway or a set of rules. Better yet, a framework. See, in the realm of project management, this compass, which is governance, can and will be your guide. Hey, if you're new to the channel, I go by the name of ED. For all you smart and intelligent folks out there, listen, we're not going to complicate it. It just means it. Today's episode is entitled, What is Governance in Project Management? Again, what is governance in project management? I have an eight-point framework. It used to be seven, but hey, we, we had to add an extra uh, value point on here. So let's get to it. Point number one, I want to make sure we unpack and define what governance is. Governance is a framework of policies, processes, or procedures that allow you to steer project activities, ensuring alignment within organizational objectives and compliance with the actual standards. Now, I have two. Now, again, there's the there's the governance of body. Now, there's there's two that you can look at. Now, I've even seen the project coordinator piece of this as well, but I'm going to talk about two that I, I see a lot in the realm of projects that I've led. You have the project governance board, and then you may have the portfolio governance board. ED, what is that? Well, the, the project governance board is a governing body responsible for project oversight, decision-making, and alignment with uh, strategic goals. Hey, can I share a story with you? Do you mind? I, this is just a special message, and I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for what I'm saying here, but I hope that I help someone when they experience this because I truly think it's important to understand this. One of the things about the Project Governance Board that when I've seen that it was valuable, when I've seen that it really truly helped the project managers that were leading projects is they accepted input. And not that input where uh, you know that uh, more or less that there's, there's no value to it. I'm talking about the input in which people really, the, well, the governance board, I should say, really took your ideals and really either expanded on them or just implement them. Because you got to understand, you are the one that's leading the project, not the governance board. And sometimes they may give you rules and regulations that are not alignment in with your particular project because what is a project? We know pro a project, the, the root of a project is, is unique. So at times those governing rules are not going to be applicable and so trying to force it on that, that particular project instead of trying to understand and learn how a project is led. So we have to be cognizant to fight for and I mean that in a healthy way of saying, hey, you may not understand this. Come watch me at my meetings and come come let, look at my meeting recaps and look at how I'm putting my project plan together. Look at my project schedule because th these type of things will allow your, your project governing board to say, oh, I see why you're saying that that particular strategy won't work for this project. And we have to educate them because when you get to that governance aspect of things, you're, you're more far removed from just the day-to-day -day of leading projects. And, all of those people in governance one time or another led some type of project and or not. So we have to be cognizant and be patient, family, uh, with that. So I'm sorry for that long-winded uh, explanation slash story, but it's, it's imperative that we do that because I've seen project managers get so frustrated because they're like, hey, we're having a governance project governance meeting and we're looking for your ideas and you know they're throwing ideas left and right and they take none of them. And you just watch it over 
and over again. And then eventually it goes from all the project managers showing up and then it just keeps getting smaller and smaller until they're sending out emails saying, well, hey, we're asking for your input. Well, you're not implementing any of it. So I say all that to say, just have patience with them and help them understand by bringing them into your project so they can get a better understanding. Let me look, move on to point number, uh, I guess, in this aspect of governance bodies, the portfolio governance. It encompasses governance on, on, on multiple projects and programs within an organization. Point number three, roles and responsibility. Listen, as you guys know, I always continually say, Hey, PMI, I wish we could uh, have resource constraints as part of the Iron Triangle, especially in these days and times. But roles and responsibility, they clearly define roles and responsibility as a vital within a governance structure. Point number four, decision-making authority. What does that mean, ED? Governance structures specify who has the authority to make project-related decisions. Let me tell you why I love this aspect of things of the decision-making authority. Because now you don't now you don't have roadblocks when it comes to make uh, working with them to make a decision. We can talk, we can we can align, and then boom, a decision is made. You are, you heard what I said. What I learned from Myron Golden is the difference between a choice and a decision. A decision means you cut, meaning hey, this is what we're going with. We're moving forward with it. But I do have a caveat, family. Make sure when these decisions are made that you track them in your raid log. What is a raid log? If you haven't seen the video on that, check it out. It's on the channel. Raid log stands for risk, action items, issues, and then, of course, decisions. Being able to put that into your decision. Hey, this decision was made on such and such date, and the person that made the decision is this. Because if it ever has to come back, then all of a sudden you have that document in which document documentation will always be what? conversation. Let's move on to point number five, project charter. Listen, you know, it used to be when the project charter was initiated, that basically initiated the, or excuse me, authorized the project manager. Now I've seen it kind of, the project charter may already be complete. And then you may see the project manager be, being uh, authorized, or I've even seen it where the project charter was not, nothing was done and the project manager uh, had to fill it out from beginning to end. Basically the, the project charter is really a governance structure and it really has initial guidelines, especially from a high level, you know, your triple constraints also has your, some of the potential risks that you that the project manager or sponsor may deem that may be possible. And normally, the best way to fill out a charter, in my opinion, is subjective, is being able to, to work with your sponsor and you, you and your sponsor work together collaboratively to actually fill this out versus this, here's the document, go fill it out, project manager, ask me what question. That's not effective. Being able to collaborate because at that time you can ask the sponsor, hey, what were you thinking? Just in case if you don't have a business case, because we know the business case can also be a, uh, a, a artifact in which will allow you to fill out the pro uh, project charter. However, being able to have that interaction with your, your project sponsors allows you to effectively fill out the actual project charter. Point number six, compliance. And standards, oh, you got standards? You doggone right, I got standards. Governance ensures that projects adhere to industry standards, regulations, and again, here's my favorite, best practices. And again, I've stated this before, even though best practices are vital, 
you we have to be able to pivot if those best practices are not aligned. Best practices, again, are for me a foundation. It's something to build on because you may need to add different best practices in place depending on the actual project. And when it comes to regulations and standards, it may be external factors or even internal factors as which are driving what these regulations and standards should be. Let me move on to point number seven, change management, change management, change management governance address how changes to project scope, schedule, and resources are managed and approved. Listen, when you have an amazing cab, which we call a change management board, it really sets you up for success, especially when they have a non-bias. What does that mean? No favoritism, sticking straight to what uh, basically what you need to complete in order for that change to actually go through. And so I love working with great change management boards because they are going to hold you to, hey, you need to have this filled out. You need to have these resources in place. You need to have a backup plan. You need to make sure that the plan is effective and being able to test the backup plan just in case. So a amazing change management plan will not let you get away with anything. They're not gonna let you put any fluff in there. They wanna make sure it's detailed and well understand. Point number eight, issue resolution. Listen, governance really structures an outline process for identifying, escalating, and resolving project issues. Now, I've seen this in various organizations where they do have an issue, issue resolution team in which here's the process. You know, you may have to escalate to your manager. The manager goes to um, the sponsor or I've seen them done so many different ways. But when you have a good uh, resolution process in place, I should say issue resolution process, man, being able to get assistance on when Things are not going as they should be and basically what I call all hands on deck to make sure we can right the ship and making sure that we get back on course. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's video. I've been your boy ED. Until next time, I'm out.